Have you heard? October is Dyslexia Awareness Month. I knew I wanted to spend this month celebrating the successful dyslexics in my life and those around us. There is one particularly very successful dyslexic that has played a major role in my life. He's been a huge supporter and one of the main reasons that there even is a literacy untangled. When I asked if I could share his story, without pause, he said yes. And then he went on to talk about his experiences, and I knew I wasn't going to do his story justice. You all needed to hear it directly from him. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome our first guest and my dad, Arnie Sherson. I'm Jenny Sherson, ex-special educator turned dyslexia interventionist. It wasn't so long ago that I, too, was overwhelmed by balanced literacy versus structured literacy, education speak, and everything in between. Fast forward after many, many hours of self-driven education, and you'll see I've built a thriving dyslexia practice helping students from age 6 to 18. My specialties? Working with the quote-unquote difficult, almost always to be, student, and breaking down the complexities of dyslexia into everyday language strategies and action steps. So, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Arnold Shurson. A week ago, I turned 80. I found out that I was a dyslexic probably when I was 42, 43 years old. And how did you find out? My number three daughter was in third grade, and they pointed out the characteristics that she had as far as reading and spelling and all of that, and they told me at that time she was a dyslexic. I had the same problems that she is exhibiting, Mm -hmm. and it was enlightening. After that, I had taken a course in uh, phonics by Susan Santora, who worked with Orton Gillingham at a Yale. That gave me the tools to sit down and break words apart that I was unable to do that because I went to the New York City School District in the 40s and 50s, and we were learning to read by sight. That does not help dyslexics at all. No, it does not. How did you feel when you found out what this was? Well, after I left her classroom, went out to the car, I was crying because I had all that frustration for all those years and the insecurity about having to stand up and read in front of people was uh, enormous. You still feel that, don't you? I still do. So you had mentioned to me at one point that one of the hardest things, too, was in your household, you were not to stand out. And you said that the dyslexia made you stand out, and it made you very uncomfortable. Well, what really was going on was once you were in third or fourth grade and you had to stand up and read, you tried to blend into the woodwork and not having to expose your inability to read because everybody else seemed to be a lot brighter. And at that time when I was in school, there was no compassion. 
you know, if you if you couldn't read, you virtually were not too bright. That's what they told you. That you they didn't bright. have to. They they would. The implication was there, and they also sent that home in my report cards. Did not work up to potential. And you mention, and I know you joke about it, but I know you mention what happened when you went to the University of Tampa. Well, I went to the University of Tampa in 1960, and even at that time, there was no information about dyslexia. And one of the things I found out with my daughter, subsequent 20 years later, is that with dyslexics, they give you the ability to take tests untimed. If going back to the University of Tampa, if I was able to take untimed tests, I would not have been thrown out of the school. Right. You like to say you were uninvited, but yes, yeah. thrown, basically you were thrown out. Well, what happened was is that I had 60 credit hours that I had taken, but I only had 57 quality points. In order to become a junior, you had to have 60 and 60. That would have been a C average. And if I had untimed tests, particularly in the math and science courses, I would have had much better than a C average. You've mentioned that. You've said that if they had graded you even on the work that you had done, you probably would have had Bs and As. Yeah. Even in high school, in the, in the algebras and science classes, I was only able to finish about two-thirds of the test. And what I did in, in the two-thirds was pretty good, but it still wasn't a C. Purely because you weren't able to finish. That's, that's the point. That's the point. So once you found out, and you mentioned this a little bit, the most helpful thing for you was what? Oh, uh, the most helpful thing was the phonics. Two things. Phonics were very helpful because it gave me the tools to sit and break a word apart. And knowing that I had dyslexia was enormously helpful. So you were able to be successful even though you had dyslexia. And I know a lot of parents feel that they're afraid that once they find out that their child has dyslexia, that their life is limited and they won't be successful. So how were you able to find success? Well, once I, I did graduate college, I had one B over a C. And then when I had gotten into the workforce, I realized that uh, I was intelligent and I wasn't dumb because I understood what we were trying to accomplish. And by putting my uncomfortableness about dyslexia on the side, I was able to progress very well in my business career. And I ended up owning a business and uh, we've owned the business for 30 years. And the good news is I never had to stand up and read in front of anybody. I can make presentations, but I do that from a three by five card. And I do that by having a topic, and I break down the topic by A, B, C, and then I ad lib. I cannot read out loud word for word in front of people. And I know, I think this is a strength of yours and of my sister's. You are a great people person. 
Correct. You can read the room really, really well. And I think that that is attributed some to your dyslexia because you couldn't read, so you had to figure out other ways to take in information. Would you agree? That's true. And I think what happens is, is that reading or being able to read a room and understand what's going on it could be part of dyslexia. And it allows you to progress in life. The other thing that I find is very helpful is that I have a very good memory. And the way thing, I think that's part of dyslexia. I was talking to the, my number three daughter who has dyslexia after she and I discovered that she had dyslexia. I said, well, if we could change that, would you be willing to change it? And she said, no, oh, because it gave us the ability to be the people that we are. And if we didn't have dyslexia, we probably would be other type of people. And so we are now, at this age, a lot more comfortable with myself, except when I think about being in third, fourth grade, I find the memories of that extremely stressful. Yeah, you were telling me about that the other day, that you can still be taken right back to that sometimes if you think about well, it. Well, yeah. For the longest time after I graduated college, I was always dreaming that I never could finish a test on time. You had the dreams about dreams, it. Dreams, yes. Oh, that's like the bad school dreams all over, but intensified because you actually lived through it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think people get wrong or misunderstand about dyslexia? Well, back when I was a kid, nobody knew about it. And so with your inability to read, you were looked at as not too bright. I think 60 years later, current stuff, people have a much better understanding that most dyslexics have trouble dissecting words and uh, they're pretty bright people. They understand concepts really well, and they may not be able to spell great, and their spelling may change from day to day. <laughs> but I think people are a lot more understanding okay. and not so judgmental as it was back in the 40s and 50s. Well, I know one of the things that other people have said is because they couldn't read, people perceived them as slow or stupid because they thought there was a cognitive issue. Well, really what in my family, it was, I was sort of a goofball, according to my parents. I didn't try hard enough. Okay. And it was always seeming to be in a fair amount of trouble because in their perception, I should have done better. And it wasn't that I wasn't trying. It was that decoding a word takes me a third longer than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And with the help of phonics, I'm now able to see the word, particularly the bigger the printing, if it's small printing and the word is multi-syllable, mm -hmm. it takes me a longer time to dissect it. 
Yeah. And when you and I were talking about this, because we we're talking about a particular student of mine, how he needs to have the print bigger and the spacing between the words a little bit bigger. So yeah. it's read better. And yeah. you, you found that to also be helpful. I did. And the other thing that I can remember was when I was learning to read, I could never go from one sentence to the next. I would go from one sentence to two or three down. Oh, you skipped. And I had to go with my finger to keep my eyes on the right sentence. I remember yeah. you doing that when we were kids and watching you read yeah. sometimes. You and still then do they that. said, the teacher said, you're not allowed to use your fingers. So that compounded the uncomfortableness about my inability to read. Mm-hmm. It made me feel very insecure. Uh, yeah, I can imagine because that was your strategy. That was your one strategy that helped and it was taken yeah. away from you. Yeah. So grandma was still alive when you found out. Did she ever say anything? She was sad because she wasn't able to help me. And I guess it was enlightening to her too, because apparently we have a couple of other cousins who have some reading issues. After my mother found out about my youngest daughter, she wanted to help out the other cousins. It never worked out because she couldn't contact the people. They lived too far away. But anyway, I think it made her understand my formal education a lot better. And it made her more comfortable, too. Okay. It was helpful for her to also have an understanding and a reasoning? Yeah, because I guess I was the firstborn. And she was kind of hoping that I would be an academic star. And she was embarrassed, as I was embarrassed, about barely getting by. And now she had a, it wasn't a reflection upon the way she brought me up. It was just that it's the way I am. It's my, the skill set that I have is that I have trouble decoding mm-hmm. words. Single syllables, I can do. Multi-syllables, I need the space. And I need the phonics were enormously helpful. I know I've said that several times, but that gave me the tools to feel confident mm-hmm. that A, I can read this, and B, my comprehension is was always good, so, but always yeah, slow. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's a classic dyslexic thing. It's not a comprehension issue. No. It's it's a no. getting the information in issue. Mm-hmm. I know you touched on how you said that grandma was disappointed in your academics as a kid, but she was pretty proud of you by the time she passed away. Well, oh yeah, yes. And I think a lot of that was because she understood what was going on with me and Sarah. And she understood that we were able with tools to overcome that inability to decode words. But she was also proud of what you accomplished outside of academics by that time. Well, she had a lot of confidence that if she needed something to be done, she could count on me. I was very solid for her. Yeah, but you're talking around it. She was very proud of the business that you built and what you were able to accomplish Well, she never told me that, but I think she was. We know she was. Okay, I'll say say yes. Yes. Okay, but you're right. She counted on you. You were there. You two had that kind of relationship where you you joked and teased each other, but it was a very deep love, and she appreciated you very, very much. 
What advice would you have for other dyslexics? And you mentioned it a little bit when you said, I, I wish you had told the student that was down here this summer. Well, the advice that I have is, is that if you're a dyslexic, pay attention and put an enormous effort into the tools that you're given to help you learn to read. Because reading is wonderful. And once you learn that you can read, and it is not as stressful because you understand what's going on, you'll enjoy it. And you'll learn a lot from reading, but you also have enormous, and I'm just learning that in the last 10 years, enormous fun in reading the books that when I was a kid, I didn't like to read because I couldn't. You've become quite the reader in the last couple of years. Well, yeah. And most of the books that I've read, I've loved. And uh, I've gotten more perspective because I've been reading books, political books primarily, about when I was a kid. And it was sort of describing what was going on in the 40s and 50s and even the 60s. And I began to appreciate what was going on and why before I was too focused on just trying to get by. Well, you were also saying that one of the things you think is because you have to read slower, that you get into the books deeper than other people, and you really dive in there, and these characters become your friends. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> in order for me to understand the nuances of what they're trying to say, I have to be real careful and slow about understanding that or reading that sentence and understanding what it said. Now, if I'm not focused, I'll just go over it and I will not understand, and I don't like that, the essence of what that paragraph or that sentence is. Mm -hmm. So the more complicated the books, the better I like it because I'm learning that it's okay to go very slow. I'm learning that focusing on this helps me enjoy and learn what I'm trying to, while reading the book. Mm -hmm. I find that enormously comforting. Mm -hmm. I just love it. And what I was trying to say to your student, mm -hmm. and I guess he's 10 or 11, mm -hmm. pay a lot of attention to what you're trying to do now because it opens up a different world to you. It will give you, you'll have the tools for the rest of your life mm -hmm. to read. Mm -hmm. And he's a smart kid. And with that ability and foundation, I think he'll enjoy reading as well. He is. He's a very, very smart kid. And he's very curious about a lot of things. So yeah. his ability to take in information and stuff will be enhanced the more that he is. Well, it is it because it, it gives you details. Intuitively, you sort of have an idea. But when you're able to read, you'll fill in the reasons why you intuitively feel that way. Mm -hmm. And that kind of buttresses your thoughts. And I like that. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think that you want to share or that you think people should know? Well, I know I'll reiterate this, but as a dyslexic and people that you teach and give them the tools, don't give up on it. Accomplish your ability to read by phonics or whatever method you can do, 
it'll free you up for life. It'll absolutely take away the pit in your stomach from about standing up in front of a class, Mm -hmm. which is very discomforting because you know what's going on. And two, you'll learn enormous amount of stuff by reading and it's enjoyable. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Literacy Untangled. If you loved this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, head on over to our Instagram at Literacy Untangled and comment on your favorite part. I can't wait to hang out with you again soon. Bye.